As a small business owner, you frequently face a crisis of confidence. Is your product or service good enough? Is your competition beating you to market? Are you good enough to stay in business? And honestly, a thousand other self-doubt phases. In today's episode, we'll explore ways to rebuild your self-confidence to the point it was when you ventured out on your own. Welcome to The Business Buffet, a podcast-based business coaching environment where you gain personal nourishment, professional growth, and recipes for success. My name is Ed Bejarana, and I am your chef who will be fixing up a big helping of how-to, can-do, and what-to-do information, all designed to inspire you. So grab a plate, as it is time for some Business Buffet. You know, when I started in business, I decided to focus on helping startups and micro-sized businesses. I had requests from a couple of big businesses, but honestly, I, I turned down all of those requests. My belief was, and still is, that large companies take too much of a contractor's time. I worked for a company in Portland that did work for a, let's just say, a large shoe manufacturer. And at the time, over 80% of their business came from that one client. I felt very uncomfortable being so dependent on just a single customer. I mean, what would happen to the business if that customer changed their mind and went with a new contractor. Heck, there were 50 employees working at my company, and on a whim of a single executive, those 50 employees could all be out of work. That was not a position I was going to allow my business to be put in. I was always going to maintain diversification, and in 14 years of business, I am very proud to say I have always been diversified. Let's jump into today's quote. It is, let each man hear his own music and live by it. The drums roll one way for one man, I guess, and another way for another. You have to listen to your own. My dad was a big Audie Murphy fan, and this quote resonates with me because they were words my dad used to share with me. He always said it a little differently. He said, Eddie Paul, don't try to be like everybody else. Be you and let the world present the best opportunity. Audie Murphy and my dad's words continue to give me confidence in my life. And today, I hope these words will help you regain the confidence you had when you started your business. As a small business owner, you frequently face a crisis of confidence. Is your product or service good enough? Is your competition beating you to market? Are you good enough to stay in business, and a thousand other self-doubt phrases. It is easy to succumb to self-doubt because of your own worries, criticism from others, or lack of support from friends and family. You may wonder whether you'll be able to succeed. These feelings may also creep in when your target audience doesn't respond as enthusiastically as you thought they would, or if external factors slow your business growth. In our last episode, we talked about growing your business one business relationship at a time. We discussed how solving more of your best clients' challenges could give your business more product or service offerings. 
Today, we'll talk about building up your self-confidence to execute on the expanded vision. I guess I could also say, today, I'll help you silence the inner demons who sit on your shoulders and try to convince you that you are not good enough. There are two things you should not do while hungry. (laughs) Take it from a fat guy. Don't go grocery shopping and don't negotiate business deals. I remember the first time I pitched a contract for my first trade show display. I put so much work into the design. I I checked and double-checked all the costs. I calculated the labor and the margins. I was working overtime to sharpen my pencil. The client came back. I presented my design, and in just a few minutes, the client signed on the bottom line. Looking back on the experience, I, I don't know if it was a blessing or a curse to get a yes first time out of the gate. While I rocketed to the top of the business structure and took over the business division, I also didn't learn the struggles that are typical in trade show display sales, at least not until later when I struck out on my own. While working for someone else, I was, I was always able to make the right presentation. My close rate was exceptionally high. No, I didn't win them all, but I won many that most never expected. While working for somebody else, I didn't have the pressures of making ends meet. You see, I wasn't on commission. I was on salary. So all, all I had to worry about was getting enough leads, something I've never really struggled with. When I struck out on my own in 2007, things changed. Now, I was only going to make money if I sold something. While my close rate didn't change, my method for preparing for the meeting did. At first, I found myself cutting the margin much thinner than I did before. Why did I cut my margin? Because I needed the money and I wanted to make sure I got the gig. It didn't take long, and my average margin was down below 30%. Fear was driving me to push for the yes. I needed to feed my family, put put gas in the car, pay the utility bills, all the things that as an employee I never had to worry about. It was almost three years into my self-employment before the light bulb lit. The things I was selling in my new company were not any different than the things I was selling when I worked for the corporation. The difference, however, is now I was only making 30% margin instead of 50% to 70%. At the three-year mark, I reached the point where I had more customers than time and I needed to fix things so I could keep up with demand. When I did my monthly financial review, I realized I was leaving lots of money on the table. Since I was already busy, I figured raising the price would slow business down and with the increased margin, we'd do better. (laughs) What I found was sales didn't slow down. Sales actually ticked up a bit. The lesson I learned was it was not the price people were doing business with. It was me and my experience. That lesson did wonders for my confidence. And one would think I wouldn't make the same mistake again. (laughs) But the story continues. It was right about the same time that a friend asked me to help him with his website. I built him a website. I didn't even charge him for it. It it worked so well for him, though. He referred me to a couple of his friends. 
They called me and wanted new websites. Now I had to figure out how much to charge. After all, I wasn't in the website business. I was in the trade show display business. No worries. I have a business degree, and I understood how to develop cost analysis. So I did some research and came up with what I thought was a fair price for something I thought was just a favor for a friend of mine. Then the two new clients referred me to four or five of their friends. The process repeated each time with me charging only $350 to build a new website. Okay, I I have to stop right here because I know you were saying $350 for a website. Even a decade ago, that was way too cheap. Why so little? Because I did the math based on time and not what the market would bear. You see, it, it only took me about three to four hours to build a website from start to finish. And I figured $100 an hour was just fine. You see, while I was in the trade show business, I had been in the internet search engine business and understood everything about search engine optimization. So every website I built worked great. Every customer I worked for referred me to more customers. When I was writing the invoice for my 60th website, I knew there was a problem. Lo and behold, it was the exact same problem I had solved just a few months earlier. I was not charging enough. When I didn't charge enough for the trade show business division, it was because I didn't have enough customers, and I was afraid that no sales would make us go hungry. When I started the web division, I didn't charge enough because, honestly, I wasn't that confident in my skills as a web developer. Sure, I knew they would work on the search engines, but they were not pretty websites like you see receiving all of the awards. The customers I worked with were mostly startups, and I figured $350 was a fair price, and based on average income per hour, I was making more building websites than selling trade show displays. But the entire system was close to crashing, not because we were hurting for money, but because now I was way short of time. With the trade show business division firing on all cylinders and now the website division exploding, there were just not enough hours in the day. I know you were probably thinking now is when I hired staff, but I refuse to hire employees. That honestly is a topic for another episode. For this episode, my dilemma was needing at least six hours of sleep a night, and that meant I couldn't build one and a half more websites. That second year building websites, I built 232 websites by myself in just 12 months. The trade show business was struggling big time. I had to make a shift, but which shift? Should I dump the trade show business or build more websites or go the other way? That darn fear wasn't the only thing that tugged on my soul. Every friend I had who knew my business predicament was begging me to hire people and grow the business. Some of you are listening to my voice right now and are nodding your heads. I did not want to get rid of the trade show displays. For one, I love the business. Building portable sales environments is a heck of a lot of fun. Teaching business owners how to get more leads from trade show exhibiting is also a lot of fun. And really, I'm very good at both. Second, being a trade show marketing expert building websites is a very unique selling proposition. Considering I've always felt Google was just the world's largest expo hall, 
When built right, a website is just like a trade show display on the show floor. On a show floor that, well, never closes. So my decision was to raise prices. I increased from $350 to $595 and figured I would slow down from building 200 sites a year to around 100. Even at $595, demand outpaced time. So I raised the price one more time to $995. That did the trick. I slowed to under 150 sites a year. Looking back on my experience, I am not sorry I didn't hire employees and go big. The complications of bringing on a staff would have created a monster I didn't want to manage. Raising my website prices to slow down that side of the business was the right move. Why? Because I created a higher demand for my time. That demand meant I had to offer different services. Some wanted time from me every week. Others just needed time every month or two. What my customers were demanding was ongoing service. Third time is a charm, right? <laughs> I would certainly learn my lesson and move with the marketplace. Well, no. At the time, I was committed to building websites. Before I increased my price to $9.95, I was happy building 200 sites a year, and I didn't really want to change things. But here's where some math comes in handy. Based on the happiness factor, you can expect anywhere from 40% to 100% of your new customers to refer another customer. If you're working with just 10 customers, that means you'll get 4 to 10 new leads. Building on the formula, if you keep people happy, then they keep referring people. But the rate of referral drops off by at least 50% after just one year. So that means in year two, those first 10 customers will only refer two to five new customers. It's not hard to see how a business building only a few websites would run out of customers pretty quickly. After all, every hour you are building websites, you're not out selling websites. But hold that thought as it will be important in a minute. Now, if your business is building 200 websites per year, then you can expect 80 to 200 referrals the next year and 40 to 100 the year after. Still a point of diminishing returns, but I as an engineer, I worked on the sales channel to make sure that even while I was building, I was still selling new clients. My actual lead opportunity was 200 plus the 40 to 200 referrals. I always served the referrals, but I found myself able to pick and choose from the rest to fill up my quota. Because I attended to sales even when super busy, my business never slowed down. But then demand for more services presented a new challenge. I had customers demanding more time every month, and I was full building websites. If I took time from the sales channel to cater to the service demand, then I could lose everything. My solution was to stick with the time-based calculation I used for building websites, but for the service offering side of the business. I sold time. What the client did with that was, well, really up to them, so long as they remained happy. Now, I will do an entire episode on time-based packaging service pricing, but for this episode, let me cut to the chase. I knew I had to slow down from building over 200 websites to building less than 150 and really 
closer to 100 in order to meet the ongoing service demand. That is when I raised my website build price from 595 to 995. Not quite double the price to balance out, not quite less than half the number of fewer clients. Fortunately, the math worked out because adding monthly service literally made my business jump ahead of the competition. Reviewing what Audie Murphy said, let each man hear his own music and live by it. The drums roll one way for one man, I guess, and another way for another. You have to listen to your own music. All of my friends kept pushing me to hire more people, raise my prices, offer fewer services, box in what I was doing, and turn the tasks over to paid staff. I wanted to keep full control, charge enough to make a good living, but not so much that the tax man came after me each year. In essence, I wanted a job I loved that produced enough income that my wife and I were happy and we still had time for each other. The middle years in my business were tough because of the long hours, but now business generates just as much money as we did when building 200-plus sites a year, and we have time to stop and smell the roses. Even though my trusted friends were sowing seeds of doubt, I never doubted my abilities and worked my plan. I never let peer pressure pull me off the known path. I also never got to the point where I was disconnected from my client. I always kept direct contact so I knew what challenges were brewing. After 14 years, I figured I am doing something right. Trust yourself and you will go far. It is that dreaded time when we must push back from the table and uh, maybe take a nap. You know, to reflect on what we've learned. Please, before you doze off, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs the emotional push that only the Business Buffet can give. Also, please take a moment to write a review for us on Apple Podcasts and help us reach new entrepreneurs like yourself. Thank you for listening, and remember to eat hearty in business.